a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we, we talked to a gentleman by the name of Mark. He's in his late 50s. To say he's gone through some changes in his personal and financial life would be quite the understatement. And it's one of those situations where... Today we need answers. Today we need to uh, take the information we got, we need to take the situation we find ourselves in, and we need to come to some solutions and quick. And he joins us now. Hello, Mark. Hi, how are you, Pete? Is this the first time on a podcast called A Million Dollar Plan? It is, yeah. Yeah, excellent. I'd say me too, but that would not be accurate. Mark, you, you have gone through some pretty major life events here in the last uh, several months. Bring us up to speed. Yeah, so I would say in the last 18 months, I've gone through about every major life change you can. Um, went through a divorce, went through, you know, we, we just sold our house, um, you know, had to, we, we were in pretty good shape. I had been married almost 20 years, and we were in pretty good shape for, you know, we thought retirement, um, but with a divorce. And then I got laid off for the first time in my life. Oh. I've been bailed my whole life. So um, it all happened kind of all at once at an age that's not perfect sure so you're <laughs> 57 years old and so we're gonna we're gonna jump all over the place today but from what i just heard you said <clears throat> heard you say you have some concern over being unemployed at age 57 tell, tell me about that concern is that accurate that, that would be accurate i've tried to find a job in my industry um i've never had a problem and then after I got laid off and took some time off to kind of deal with this divorce and the move, selling the house and everything, I'm, tr- I'm finding that I'm getting down to the final couple for, you know, jobs that start out with a couple hundred applicants. Right. But I'm not, I'm not getting the job, and the jobs are going to, frankly, younger people. Sure. That a couple times didn't really have any industry experience. So, yeah, that concerns me. Um, but at the same time, I can't use that as an excuse. So my, my main goal is to start working again now and, and again again this is one of those episodes where uh, unfortunately at various times i'm going to ask some uncomfortable questions how much do you think your confidence uh based on what you've been through in the last 18 months do you think that's affecting you in your uh, at these finals or do you think really it's more of an uh, uh, a matter of age and what they could pay the younger persons what versus what they'd have to pay you well it's hard to say i i think it's probably a little bit of both um, I don't see any reason why I can't just continue to do the jobs that I was doing before, because I don't feel any younger than older than 57. I just, right. you know, I feel like I'm still in my 30s. So I think it's part of it. But I think having the last 18, 18 months off is probably not ideal when you're searching for a job. Sure. What kind of money were you making prior to the layoff? Like, what was your annual income? <clears throat> it was 150 to 200 thousand. What was the base of that? Do you remember? It, well, it, it depended on the job, but it was typically. 100 to 125,000 base, and the rest was commission. It was all sales. And then, how many sort of companies had you worked for in the last five to ten years? Well, the last five to ten, I, I was with a large uh, company for 15 years, and I actually took an early retirement package oh, great. about four or five years ago. As in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but at the time, it sounded right. And then, in the last, 
I, I tried a couple different things, and then I got a, a more of a job that I'm used to um, three years ago. Did that for two years at a large software company, and then um, that's when the layoff happened because they, they went through some things, and I, I got caught up in that. Prior to the divorce, um, wh- what did you estimate your net worth to be? $1.8 million. And how much of that was investable assets or retirement versus real estate? Um, most of it was um, most of it was investments. Most okay. of it was retirement investments. Uh, we had some other accounts that we've had to kind of work. You know, we've had to actually spend some of that money, but most of it was retirement. Our real estate, we had a nice house, but we were caught up in a situation where we bought it in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and right after that is when. All the custom movers, yeah. or the custom builders, moved out of our neighborhood, and a more of a like a Pulte type company had to come in and take the rest of the neighborhood. So sure. we actually ended up losing money when we just sold our house. And then, Mark, help me understand the one point eight. How much do you find yourself with right now? About six hundred thousand. And then, how is that mainly retirement investments? Is some of it non qualified money? Like, what's the composition of that six hundred? At this point, it's almost all retirement. The money I'm going to have for to get me through the next couple, three months if I can't find a job will come from about $40,000 that I have from the house sale. Okay, so 560 retirement, 40 cash from the house sale would be more accurate? That's about accurate, yeah. Okay. Um, and you're 57. When do you turn 58, approximately? In April. Okay. All right. And then... I'm curious, 1.8 million net worth down to 600. Uh, uh, I, I always accept and expect some shrinkage, some 50% here and there. What am I missing? Where's the other, uh, where's the other money? Well, that's a good question. So <laughs> I think part of it is, you know, we, we used a mediator. Mm-hmm. We didn't go through attorneys. We didn't have to go to court. Um, mediator, I think she did a good job, and I think it was pretty fair. But it, because of some situations in our marriage, um, for whatever reason, it was she got about 60% and I only got about 40. Okay. Even though the state I live in is supposed to be a 50-50 state, but it just worked out that way. So that was that was a big chunk because I, I had to write her a pretty big check out of one of my retirement accounts. F- financially um, speaking, are you free and clear? I mean, you have no further financial obligations? Pretty much. I mean, I have a couple car loans, but no, we've never had any debt. We've done a good job about not having debt. Tell me if you can... And this sounds like I'm salting wounds, but I assure you I'm not. Tell me about your lifestyle prior to the divorce. It sounds like it was a, I say healthy, but that could go either way. What that means? Uh, was it was it opulent? Was it what, what what was it? I would say with the money we made, we could have, you know, the area we live in. There are a lot of people that don't make well. They want to make it seem like they make yeah. a lot more money than they do. Sure, so they go into a lot of debt. We were never like that, but we also. I had this nagging, for the last, I would say, 15 or 20 years, I had this nagging suspicion. We've never had to budget. We've always had enough money. I've had this nagging feeling that we should be maybe putting just even a little more in the bank every month. Right. But we were maxing out my 401k. It was growing. We've got, you know, our, our retirement investments, you know, of course, because the stock market's been doing swell, been growing like crazy. So we've done okay. But, no, I wouldn't say we were opulent, but we also were not budgeting. Yeah. So 50-50. Now, I'm not trying to make this too tidy, but I'm curious. Do you feel like because now your, your economics are different, 
Do you feel like you have a fresh start? I, I know that's a, maybe I'm, I'm coloring it with through rose tinted glasses here, but do you feel like a fresh start thing or does it not feel that good? Well, I try to look at things through the most positive eyes that I can right. and it has been rough, but yes, I do feel like I'm getting a fresh start and there is some freedom to that, even though, you know, I could have stayed married and still been in great shape financially, but then I wouldn't have been happy. So this is this feels like a good fresh start. Um, hopefully, I have some, I can find some options that work for me. And even though I don't have the money I did before, it's not like I'm broke. What do you think you're spending a month right now? I, I think I looked at some notes. Uh, Nicole, let's take a look at rent obligations. You're paying uh, was it sixteen hundred dollars in month uh, in rent right now. Correct. Well, yeah, that starts this week, actually. Yeah. Okay. So I talk about fresh start. <laughs> It's that fresh yeah. here on the million dollar plan today. We, well, we moved out of my house today. So sixteen hundred bucks. Well, I'm glad we're dealing with this all at once. Uh, yeah. What do you think your other monthly expenses are going to be on top of that sixteen hundred? Well, I figured all that out, and before I eat, doing the entertainment, it's about four thousand total. So okay. it'll probably be about five thousand dollars. Okay, five thousand dollars. So if we look at, have you? I know you've done this. I'm just curious, like. All right, I just need to make X amount of dollars gross a year to live the lifestyle I'm I'm happy with now. You've done that, and what's the number you come up with? Well, I think I can make a hundred thousand dollars and be okay. I think mm -hmm. that would be easily pay my bills and leave some left over to invest. I'd like to get back to a job where I was making, you know, the kind of money I did before because then I'd have a lot left over and give what I've been through. That's all going in the bank. Have you tried the old, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not going to try to deviate into career advice. This is a financial show, but <laughs> I'm curious as if you've done the, I'll take less base for more skin in the, you know, more on the back end. Have you, have you looked at that approach? Yeah, I have. I mean, I've looked at a lot of different things uh, besides what I've, inter you know, some of the interviews that I've had in my old industry. And I'm not sure exactly where, I'm, where it's going to take me, but I've been doing a lot of brainstorming and sure. That would be that would be an option. Yeah. How many years do you? And this is this is a hard question to answer because you're. I, I don't want to be so again, so confident in saying that you're dealing with age discrimination. Although there are probably elements of it there. Would you agree with that? Sure. I mean, but how well, many? Well, yeah. How how many years do you see left in your work career? And by the way, this this uh, tape is not being sent to your recruiters. I'm just curious. <laughs> how how much do you think you have left? T 10, 15 years. I think I could I could work ten or fifteen years. I would rather work ten because, frankly, we were thinking we were in pretty good shape for retirement. Although I wasn't ever going to just retire, retire. I was probably going to do something. But now now I have to, you know, make a little more and a little more money and probably work for a few more years. So, yeah, I'm thinking ten years is kind of the magic number. Because where my brain keeps going with this whole idea is, let's say all told you're at five hundred and fifty thousand in investable assets. We let that grow, yep. uh, sort of. Uh, unmolested for 10 years and that becomes 1.1 million even if you don't add anything else to it so what can we do what can we add to that in the next 10 years to secure your retirement and so it's like it becomes this 10-year plan right of like how much money do i have to make a year and and i question is it that hundred thousand dollar number you talked about i i assume you've thought it in these terms as well right I have probably not completely all the way through, with, you know, as far as it comes to years and retirement age. I'm thinking more short term now. Yeah. 
yeah, my that. feeling is that I can work 10 or 15 more years if I have to, because I still feel young and I still feel like I have energy. And, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time, so I have some experience. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I haven't really thought it all the way through. Do you have um, a backup plan for if you don't find a job of the income that you're used to, sort of like, well, if I don't have a position paying me 100 by this date, I'm going to take a job that pays me 60 or uh, I, good or bad. I'm curious if you've gone there yet. I've gone there in my mind. I mean, I'm, I'm committed to finding something, but I've, again, I've brainstormed a lot about different things that I could do that would pay less just to have some income. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I've thought that through a little bit. My backup plan, I guess, is just to find anything, right? just to get working again. And maybe I start lower and and advance through a company that will see my experience pretty quickly. So if, let's say you were living at 100% lifestyle, I don't, I'm just gonna make something up, six months prior to the divorce, right? You're living at mm-hmm. you know, the highest lifestyle you had been living in in a while to where you are now. What percent reduction do you think you've, you've seen? You're, you're spending around $5,000 a month now. I mean, were you spending thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 a month uh, 24 months ago? Uh, yes. Maybe not quite that much, but between ten and thirteen, probably. On a good month, we might be at ten. But again, we weren't really budgeting because we didn't need to. It was, you know, I wish I could do it over again, knowing what I know now. But um, at least we didn't go into any debt. But yeah, we were spending about that much money. Were you a two-income household or just you? We were one. Okay. Just me. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So I guess I guess where we're at now is like how. Have you considered the ramifications of tapping the, you know, five sixty, you know, the five fifty um, retirement money, if you can't find employment in the next few months? I mean, is that have you pulled that alarm yet? That would be obviously the last resort. Um, I've talked to one of my uh, investors or investment guys, um, and basically said, well, if you have to do that, at least you're at a very low tax rate. <laughs> 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 but obviously, for both of us, that's a last resort. I don't want to have to do that. But yes, I've looked at the the option. Yeah, what do you, I have to. What are you doing healthcare right now? I mean, are you on the Affordable Care Act? Are you in the marketplace? I'm in the marketplace, and that's one of the reasons uh, my bills are four thousand a month because yeah. that alone is seven fifty a month. Yeah, just on you, right? Just on me. So when I get a job, you know, that's it's hopefully going to go down quite a bit. Plus, yeah. I'll have an income. I, I sort of break your your situation into a few different time frames, right? There's the the big ten year time frame, which is like, hey, we need to put together a ten year plan. But then there's all these sort of contingency plans too, right? In some respects, we just have to get you to age fifty nine and a half, right? When you have access to all this retirement money, and that that is a maybe second worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is you start tapping into your money now, um, right? By doing something like a Rule seventy two T, which is to take uh, significant equal periodic payments, um, which means uh, I wouldn't do it. I mean, it's just a matter of like right. basically annuitizing your money now. Or uh, you could, of course, take uh, the 10% penalty and pay 20% taxes and take a 30% duck reduction in whatever you take out between nine and 59 and a half. So that, that is worst case scenario. Second worst right. case scenario is that you, you come up with some semblance of an employment plan between now and 59 and a half and then you get to take a breath and reevaluate because now you have access to this money. So that's not awful. And it's a nice marker to try to get, you know, a year and a half out from now or two years out from now. But the challenge with that, Mark, 
is that the second you turn on the faucet of income at 59 and a half, in some respects, you may have to have that faucet of income last you another 30 years and your income wouldn't necessarily increase from a retirement perspective until you're 62 and you can tap into social security. So that's why it is the second worst case scenario, right? Right, right, right. And of course the third is 62, right? That That's that third window of, okay, well now, uh, I have access to Social Security. I assume you're going to be at max Social Security wages, right? I mean, you, you will have paid in a ton of money to Social Security. You'll be at 2800 a month or something like that. Correct. I think so. Have you looked at, have you looked at it recently? I guess taking it at, 20, at, at 62 is a 25% reduction. So I guess your benefit probably would be somewhere in the $2,100, $2,200 range if you took it at 62. Have you looked? I, I haven't recently. I had a number 2400 stuck in my mind from looking at it a while ago. Okay. Um, but, but whether it's 22,000 or 2,500, you know, it's still part of the worst case scenario of going to do it at age 62. And, and see, this is why, which brings us, I guess, to my bigger point, all of the, from worst case to second worst case to third worst case, which is 62, all of them don't take into consideration how expensive healthcare is going to be for you. Um, as I think this problem's going to get worse for, for everyone, myself included, uh, over the next couple of years, which is to say, uh, whatever thoughts of you say, uh, what do you might have in your head of, well, I, I guess I can always fall back on just starting to take withdrawals. Now you really can't let yourself do that because it is, it is, it's a dead end because of healthcare. Right. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your your employment issue is certainly an income issue, but I think more than anything, it is a healthcare expense issue. And I think possibly moving healthcare's importance up in the in the the equation, moving it up a bit in terms of importance. Not that it's going to solve your employment problem, but maybe it frames it a little bit differently, and maybe has you look at opportunities that you otherwise weren't looking at. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I keep thinking is I've got it be as healthy as I possibly can be at my age so that it becomes a non-issue, you know. The seven, the, the monthly payment's tough enough, but if something happens because I'm not taking care of myself, that could be really devastating. So I, I do have it uh, kind of part of my plan to be in really good shape. How is that? How is your health right now? It's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. We, we didn't mention this. I, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go well, ahead, I've never had any health. I've never had any major health issues. I just had my physical, everything's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm in pretty good shape, but I want to continue to really exercise and eat right and do all those things just because that, I know that can lower my healthcare costs down the road. Speaking of not very fun questions, um, uh, <laughs> obviously your financial obligations to your ex-wife are, are, are more or less satisfied at this point, or at least they're known. Um, do you see right, any right. financial obligations to someone that would leave you sandwiched? And when we say that, we mean uh, parents or siblings uh, on your side or children, uh, which would be the other side of the sandwich. Do, do, do you fear and or anticipate any financial obligations to, to either of those parties? Well, I think about that. Um, I'm not too concerned. Uh, I mean, my mom is, um, she's 80 and she's down to very, very few dollars. So we're looking at all kinds of Medicaid things for sure. her. Um, and my my daughters are great students. Here is here is one nice thing: they're both in high school, mm -hmm. and as part of the divorce, their college is paid for. Oh, nice! So I, I don't have to worry about that. And they're good students, and I think they're going to do fine. And 
we teach them a lot about money. So I don't see it, but it could, you know, you never know. So, you know, it's really interesting that they were set up that way because in some respects, whereas you got 40%, you also avoided the obligation or, or pleasure or whatever you want to call it or privilege uh, of being able to pay for their school. So it, had you taken 50%, it very well could have cost you that 10% access to pay for their education anyway, right? Yeah, that was part of it. I mean, we've, we've got some 529s that we'll go through first, but her parents, since they were born, have said they would take care of their college. Okay. So we're going to use our 529s first, and then they've committed to paying for the rest of it. And we made sure that that was part of the divorce decree. But it does help, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting with this situation of, like, what problem are we really trying to solve? To me, it, it becomes you will find employment again. And when you do, can you not try to recreate the lifestyle you lived 24 months ago? Like, that's that's everything. Because if you can do that, then then 10 years from now, this all works out. If you right, get back right. to that point of you're spending ten grand a month, uh, I think it's over before it begins. <laughs> I would agree with that, and I think, yeah, I, I don't have any question that once I get a job, that I will handle things differently. Uh, like I said, I mean, I'll feel like I need to budget now. I never, right. we never felt like we had to budget. I had this this feeling that maybe we should have put more in every month, and I thought that for 19 years, and we never did it, but. Uh, I'm definitely going to be a lot more careful with the money now, and I don't need all the stuff. I'm 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 happy to downsize in this townhouse that I just rented. I'm happy to downsize in a lot of other areas. I don't need all the stuff. So, um, yeah, I think I'm comfortable not going back to that lifestyle. You know, I've I've seen situations like yours a lot over the last uh, almost 20 years, and it, and I feel like most people are in the same spot you're in. They're glad they learned the lesson. Uh, it's a valuable lesson, but man, they just need, they need that second chance to make the lesson pay off. Right. Right. Is that how you feel right now? I do. I do. I need, I just need somebody to give me a chance. And I feel like now that the house is behind us and I'm, I'm you know, moving into the new place, I feel like I have hundred percent of my time or something like that to really focus on getting the job. Cause frankly, that was the other part I guess I didn't answer before. I haven't really been looking for the job in the last couple of months because we've been so busy getting the house ready. Sure. And, and so I feel that, um, I, you're right, just somebody to give me a chance, and I feel like I can get that since I've been in the industry so long and I have so many good connections. People have tried to help me, and I think I'll you know just keep making phone calls until something works. I, honestly, I, I mean, as you have to start getting creative of marketing yourself and winning that, that final I think you've got to approach a situation and say, look, I'm willing to take ba- more, less base and more commission. That way I'm not overhead if you're not getting the performance out of me that you want. Because I think not only will it get your foot in the door, will it get your health insurance, but if you're as good as you know you are, then everybody wins, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. I hadn't really put that kind of thought into it, but that's a really good point. It- um, and that's my, maybe something I'll have to do when Be- it gets down to because it. Because when you hire a senior person, you're hiring their senior income. I, by senior, I don't mean, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> I know senior, not elderly. Uh, senior <laughs> to a junior. You, you also are paying their senior health care costs, right? Yep. And so if you're able to take your base down to uh, something that is 
against the people you're competing against, then they're going to take your experience any day and ignore the economics of the situation because you took that out of uh, uh, out of the equation. Right, right. And I think that's that's definitely an option. I mean, it kind of kills me because you know if they're paying us 150 or 200 grand for the millions that we are selling. Yeah. To me, it's like who cares? But yeah. and and they can't ask you how old you are, and they can't ask those questions. They have to be smart about it. But I, I've just kind of felt that. No. So that might be a really good, really good uh, solution for me. And then I think too, uh, and and again, this gets weird into sort of career advice, but f- framing the last eighteen months of your life in a way that can tell a story that fills in the gaps that your resume clearly now has. Right. I mean, because that's that's tough, right? How do you, how do you how do you get your head around that? It's like, well, look, I my personal life uh, during that time frame needed to be a priority, and so that's what I did. And I'm ready to hit it again, like. I don't know, right? That's, and that's pretty much the way I've, I've handled it. And, and frankly, I've gotten down to the finals two or three times. So it's not like it's been a real big issue until it comes down to the final decision. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, with a couple of the companies, I had to have eight, nine, ten interviews before <laughs> you know, I was down to the final two. So it didn't seem to be an issue, but... I didn't get either, you know, I didn't get any of the jobs. Yeah, so. well, it's a good sign. I mean, you're, it sounds like you're at least you're getting in the finals. So any yeah. anything else that I can assist with or maybe shed some light on while we're spending time here together this afternoon? I don't know. You've brought up a lot of really good points that I, either I hadn't thought about or you just framed in a different way that's been really helpful. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm always looking for different ideas. Um, you know, I think I even put on the notes maybe something, you know, I open a franchise, just something different that I really enjoy. And I know that would be a whole new set of issues, but just any ideas for people my age that are, you know, maybe want to get out of the industry and do something different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's a super interesting point here, right? Because you have a big chunk of capital, not enough to retire on, but certainly enough to, to buy into a franchise, right? By all means. That, that's an sure. interesting thing. I mean, and if you're as good at sales as, as, as it sounds like you are, owning a franchise and customer service, that is the ultimate opportunity to, to sort of prove your muster there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's fascinating. I, to me, we t- I always talk about, well, what's your drop dead date? Or, or you know, if, if, if come June, this isn't this way, what do you do? I'd be apt, and you pick the month, I don't really care, but I'd be apt to say, come May or come September, I don't really care, uh, then I'm buying a franchise. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that's a heck of a way to spend the last decade of your career and then not even necessarily sell it. You're still building and establishing hard for 10 years and then let what you have established become part of your retirement plan. You don't have to sell it in 10 years. You can reap the benefits for the structure you've built. Um, you know, my father-in-law started his first business in his 60s. Like, that's really? why I, I look at my father-in-law as truly one of of my heroes in the business world. He worked for the man for, <laughs> for almost 40 years. And at one point, um, he just looked at himself in the mirror and said, I can, I can do this. I've learned sure. enough over the last 40 years. And, and I think 57 or to early 60s, I think that's the perfect age to say, why don't I take everything I've ever learned, both professionally and personally, about relationships and, and, and business skills, and, and, and put your money where your mouth is. Like I, I think 
That's a beautiful idea, but it's one of those things that you have to be all in on. There's no half-assing buying a franchise or like buying one that no one's ever heard of. Like if you do it, you got to do it. But I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful idea. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because I've, I've thought about it and I, I really don't know what I'm doing yet, but you're right. I have an experience. I have, I love customer service, right? I mean, right. I, go, I go into places and I see things that are not going well and think, man, if I ran this business, you know? So I think it's a, it's a really something that I think I'm going to maybe, you know, really look into I would. as I'm, as I'm lo- still looking for a job because here, here's the other part of this. My kids haven't seen me work for a couple of years, and they're still young. They're 14 and 17. And they've seen me work, obviously, you know, the years before that. But they're in this age where I want to show them that you can do anything, you know. And you yeah. can start at age 57 or 60. You can do whatever you want whenever you want. And, by the way, pay the bills and, you know, have success and leave some money for them and all that kind of stuff. So, You know, I, I like that you said, so if we can get weird for a second here. I don't think there's a, a more valuable thing a parent can do for a teenage child um, more than show them the value of hard work. You know, mm-hmm. I look at my wife and I talk about, you know, when we'll be able to, to become financially independent and retire. And oftentimes we talk about our early 50s and we're on track and that's all great. And the one stop short moment to all of that, other than healthcare, <laughs> is yeah. that's going to be a really sort of, formidable ages for my kids where I don't know if my kids come home from high school and I want to be sitting there watching Phil Donahue reruns. Of course he's, he'll be dead by then, but sorry, Phil Donahue. Uh, But, but I I really think about that and um, God, it's so true, man. I mean, that is, that's so true. And if you think about too, where you are in, in the stage of your life and what's going on and socially and personally, like, how wonderful would it be to throw yourself into something, a relationship with, with your business? Like, I, that is very appealing to me. Yep, yep. And I agree with, you, with what you said about the kids. That's why I said when I, if I was going to retire at 55, which we were kind of on track for, um, I, didn't, I couldn't retire because I didn't want to be sitting around either. I didn't want my kids to see me sitting around. I don't think I could sit around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I'll sort of leave you with this last sentiment, and I talk about it a lot, and I believe it, is, you know, when things are going well in your career, you're making plenty of money, your investments are doing fine, you have a lot of money, right? You have access yep. to a lot of money, and, and you almost get tricked into this idea of, oh, we're doing it right because we have a lot of money, we have access to a lot of money. And I think what you've learned, and you need to, to focus on going forward, is the goal is to not need a lot of money, <laughs> Like the goal isn't to have a lot of money. The goal is to not need a lot of money. That means you can have money. doesn't really matter. It just means that your lifestyle is not at 11,000 or $15,000 a month. Then it's at 6,500 a month in relative terms. And, and, and that's sure. why if you go the franchise model or you start your own business, you're going to be humping, man. I mean, you're not, gonna, you're not pulling in $15,000 a month, starting a franchise, uh, in the first few years right and that's why right, that right. not needing a lot of money becomes so important exactly yep and i'm it's appealing to me you know and i and i understand the work it's going to take but it's just, i don't mind the work i've always worked you know hard well, you know worked a lot of hours a lot of done all that stuff in corporate america that you have to do so i know i could do it so and, and there's a good podcast I, I have a friend who has a podcast about franchises it's called franchise euphoria Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay, Franchise Euphoria. He's actually been on this show years ago, and I was on his show. 
franchise euphoria. His name is Josh Brown. He's an attorney that just talks about what you should consider when looking at franchises. I would check it out. I mean, uh, I don't know a ton about franchises, but I know he's well-respected. Maybe we can learn some stuff here or there. Great. Thank you. Sweet, I'll man. start there. Anything else? No, I appreciate it. It was, it was really good talking to you, and I uh, appreciate all the feedback. Of course. Congrats on the new place. And, uh, by God, if you start a franchise, will you please let us know? I mean, you got to let us know. We want to know so bad around here. Absolutely. I sure will. Awesome, man. Well, uh, good luck. Uh, I don't think you need luck. Uh, I think yeah, you're, you're on the verge of breaking through here. So uh, keep us posted, and thanks so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you very much, Pete. Appreciate it. That's it for this week's show. Man, I got excited about the franchise thing. Every time it, I know, it's so good. So uh, that's it for this week. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. Go to PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Uh, that's it. We'll see you another time. Thanks. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET, word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I read you love trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Fueled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol. Stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed. Glide with ease, creating a breeze. They call a black hole event horizon. No rear view concerns. This I adjourn. This I adjourn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?